Thanks for taking the kids solo and training a new puppy. I really, really appreciate it. And I notice all that you do and all that you're taking on. So is it more? Yes. Could I say that in about 15 seconds? Also, yes. Did it have so much more meaning because it included the visible, the valued, and the specificity? Also, yes. So it's not always easy to do, and it doesn't mean that every single time that you say something nice to somebody has to include all those pieces, but you sure notice it and remember it a lot more when it does have those little extra add-ons. I'm Amy. And I'm Abby. And as women, we are constantly comparing ourselves to others. But your life isn't supposed to look like hers. Being your best self means standing firm in your decisions and always being willing to grow with a purpose. We get vulnerable and real with an honest look into the challenges and triumphs we all face. Every woman listening gets the opportunity to choose what life looks like for herself. In these episodes, we really like to talk about how we're implementing some of the things that the experts on our podcasts tell us. So we are going to dive into Dr. Morgan Cutlip's episode and talk about a few things that we've tried in our own relationships and what is working and what is maybe not working. Abby and I are coming to you from a very interesting day of, you know, having to pick kids up from school and getting into little tiffs with our partners. And just to normalize, we were talking about how, you know, in this season of life with all of the demands, it can just lead to some moments where you wish you would have acted different or you wish your partner would have acted different. And that's just the truth of the matter with how much stuff that people have going on. So let's dive into one of the parts about Morgan's episode that I really liked. It was when we were talking about the using the phrase, the story I'm telling myself is. And so in that episode, and then on Instagram, I shared the now infamous story about Drew not unpacking this bag of snow gear that was all of the boys stuff. He had packed it for our Thanksgiving day trip. And then honestly, like two weeks afterwards, it was still not unpacked. And I had already unpacked everything else. So it was just, to me, it was symbolic. Yes, it's a metaphor of life. Yes, it was the metaphor of life. So we had already been writing and preparing for Dr. Morgan Cutlip's interview when this happened. So I decided to deploy one of her strategies. And I told Drew... The story I'm telling myself is that all of the boys' stuff is on me. And I told him all the reasons that I felt that way. He was sitting on the couch. We were very calm at the time. And I just decided, like, let me try this. Now, the thing I do want to say is that we understand that all of our partners are so different, but there are some through lines. So, For example, the majority of people, when you're giving them feedback, tend to get really defensive. They can tend to feel criticized. But what we're going to talk about in an upcoming episode is that the way you start a conversation, research shows the way you start a conversation is usually the way it ends. So for example, if you start a conversation and you're very triggered and charged and you're mad at your partner, the conversation is probably usually going to finish that way. Mm -hmm. Versus, 
I know my husband is such a logical person. People often actually laugh in the way that he communicates with me because it's in a very business-like manner sometimes. You know, he's one of these people that will say, let's circle back after the day. But I knew that using this phrase would really tap into the logical side of his brain. I was calm. He was calm. Go after his logic. I know that that is like a really good strategy to use with Drew. When I was looking into this, I just want to explain the difference between intent and impact. So intent is what you aim to achieve through an action, or in this case, it was an inaction. An impact is how our partner or the other person receives the action or inaction. The impact that you might feel does not always match the person's intent. So when I mention the story I'm telling myself, it doesn't mean that I'm taking the responsibility for Drew's inaction. Someone commented under my Instagram account, aren't you just letting him off the hook? How do you think that's ever going to change anything? And I understood what she was saying. I really do. I understand like the idea of letting someone off the hook. And from the Gottmans and from other people, what we understand that how the way we perceive things in our partnership is really important. So if I always have this perceived negative perception of Drew, and I really believe that he is leaving that there to say like, everything is on you. The boy stuff is not my responsibility. Like that leads to resentment. So in my opinion, this phrase gives you an opportunity to fact check. So when I said this to Drew, he said, oh my gosh, I, that is not at all what I mean. And, you know, just 10 minutes later, he got up, unpacked it, like everything was fine. Unpacked metaphorically and actually yeah, yeah, unpacking yeah. it. And for the people who didn't listen to the other episode, what exactly did you say? The story I'm telling myself is that... W- because you're not unpacking this bag, everything is on me. And the reason I feel that way is because I've already unpacked all of their other stuff from the trip. Everything I packed, I unpacked. You packed this bag and you're not unpacking it. So it often feels like everything in the boys department is on me. And Drew does not feel that way. So like when I fact checked that statement with him, he was like, I am so sorry. I did not mean to send that. So it's just an example of like his intent was not to make me feel that way. It was not to put more on me. The impact that I felt was that it was all on me. And we Drew and I can just get to a much better place when I call things out specifically like that. So a couple years ago, I think I would have just resentfully unpacked that bag and probably like tried to throw things around to make it kind of loud. But we've done much better in our relationship when I found my voice and I'm able to say, hey, this isn't cool. And I do think I do disagree with that commenter because I think the next time he's going to remember And if he still doesn't remember the next time, I'm still going to tell him again. It's that constant reminder. And sometimes it does take a few times. So maybe it's not unpacking the bag for you. Maybe it's the socks on the floor or the dirty dishes that are still in the sink, even though they were home for three hours. It can be this like symbol for something greater when 
you say the story I'm telling myself is the dishes in the sink mean that the dishes are always on me. Like that, it just comes across a little bit easier than, oh my gosh, you've been home for three hours and haven't done the dishes yet. It's just a totally different feel. Yeah. When we, we've talked about fair play, we've had Eve Rotsky on the podcast, like Drew and I don't do things exactly how she, like we don't have the dishes are absolutely all start to finish Drew's. We both contribute to our dishes. Um, So for example, sometimes when he's really busy at work, he'll just like go really light at home that week. And I'll just mention it to him. Like, feels like you're really not pitching in this week. It's just calling to their attention that this still has to be done. And when you take these nights off, it falls onto me. And I just like to call that out to him because then he will respond versus I'm not just going to live with that and feel resentful. And to us in our house, and I've mentioned this before, it's like we really do need our kitchen to function. Right, right. Function, not just, I don't want it to be clean just because I want it to be clean. It has to actually function. We don't have dishes or spoons or something like that. Our door from the art garage comes straight into mm-hmm. the kitchen like it's our main spot. So if it's awry, everything just feels crazy. Whereas other parts of the house, we can't keep as clean. And that scenario that you just brought up, we actually just had a conversation of this. So literally about 30 minutes ago, guys, we had a very similar situation where I said, I'm going to try this out. The story I'm telling myself is, I did accidentally say the picture I'm painting is, but it was paraphrased pretty closely. And I told Colin... The picture I'm painting right now is that because of your workload in December, everything else falls on me unless you're available. It didn't go well. (laughs) So I'm just going to say that didn't go well. I also have to say that the start of the conversation wasn't there because the start of the communication, words out of our mouth was there, but it actually started with me pounding on the door because the door was locked and him waking up from a nap. So we came into the situation already frazzled, already being woken up from a nap. I was not catching him at a really good spot. Mm-hmm. So when I said that, it did almost come across as like me being resentful, him having to take defensive action, and it did not go well. Nothing is ever going to be a magical elixir, I wish though. this one was, the, though. I know, <laughs> but we say we're like, we give these good examples And a lot of times the things work, but it's just like parenting scripts. Like it's not going to be perfect every time communication. It's hard, I think, in relationships in this phase of life, because yes, it wasn't a good time for Colin, but if we're being honest, December, it's hard to find good times with him. It's really hard to find good times. And you guys might have partners that are the same way Mm -hmm. where there isn't that perfect time. Um, So I might try it again with sending a text message or after we've been able to connect a little bit more tonight and trying the quote unquote script again and seeing if it goes well. So I'll I'll circle back on that one, as Drew (laughs) says, right? A quick break from our exclusive community over at Patreon. In this new year, we are making some big and new changes to our Patreon community, which is that we're just going to have one tier that's $10 a month to join, and it comes with everything. We just dropped an exclusive Patreon episode over there where we're just able to go a little bit deeper and more personal with that community since it is private. So we have that, we have a book club coming up, and this year we are going to start doing some live events. So the Patreon members are going to have first access to our first coffee date, our first wine night, and our first bigger event that we are going to be doing shortly. So 
If you have been thinking about Patreon, it is the perfect time to join at just $10 a month. You can go over to patreon.com backslash herself podcast, and you can join that private community. And now back to our show. Another part of our interview with Dr. Morgan Cutlip was when she was talking about the compliments or when we were talking about, um, you know, giving other people words of affirmation. And it wasn't just, you know, tell me I'm pretty, tell me how much you love me. But instead it incorporated two things and that was being visible and being valued. And you guys, we talked to you in DMs every single day. It's a very common thread. So many women in our community, they don't feel valued. They don't feel seen, um, especially from their partners. And it's just become this, this repetitive thing that happens over and over again and it doesn't feel good. And it just sucks for so many of us. And not that it has to be a 27 point checklist to every compliment that comes from your partner's mouth or when you're doing it for your partner, but ensuring that it includes a few extra things to make it meaningful mm-hmm. can make all the difference in the world. Like not just words, not just saying the thing, but having true meaning behind the words. And this is definitely something that Colin and I have worked on. Um, We are still working on this part of it. It's not just a very simple phrase. It's just adding more to it. So an example here. Just last week, I got a text from Colin saying, hey, thanks, babe, for all you do. And that was it. And although I liked hearing it, it was very nice that he, you know, acknowledged that I was doing all that I do. It could have been sent to everyone. I mean, that text literally could have been sent to his mom. It could have been copy and pasted to his account manager at work. It could have been sent to our dog breeder. I mean, it literally could have been sent if, to if Colin's <laughs> calling the dog breeder babe, I have concerns. <laughs> Maybe taking out the babe, but the thanks for all that you do, it just felt meaningless. It was a nice compliment, but it didn't have deep meaning. It could have been sent to anyone. And when we talked with Dr. Morgan Cutlip, she said to include a few things. So number one, being visible. I noticed that you instead of just, thanks for all that you do. Also including a value piece. So any kind of positive impact that it's having on that person or on your family or on your work, whoever you're speaking to. And then having it be very specific. So kind of pulling all these three together, instead of, you know, thanks babe for all that you do, it could instead read, you know, I've noticed how much work you're doing around the house since I've been really busy at work. You know, the kids, the puppy, they're all thriving and learning because of your help. Thanks for taking the kids solo and training a new puppy. I really, really appreciate it. And I notice all that you do and all that you're taking on. So is it more? Yes. Could I say that in about 15 seconds? Also, yes. Did it have so much more meaning because it included the visible, the valued, and the specificity? Also, yes. So it's not always easy to do. And it doesn't mean that every single time that you say something nice to somebody has to include all those pieces, but you sure notice it and remember it a lot more when it does have those little extra add-ons. It's funny because when people say that women are so hard to figure out, Abby and I kind of treat our relationships the opposite way. We're like, Mm -hmm. here's exactly what you need to do. (laughs) Here's exactly what you need. And we find that like we still have romantic Mm -hmm. relationships. Like it just clues them into here's how I really like to be talked to. Here's the way that I feel loved. And at the end of the day, isn't that the point of uh, all of our long-term relationships? Like you just want to feel loved and valued and seen. And if you're cluing your partner in on how to do that, hopefully they would want to, to help you in that and same vice versa. 
Another part of Morgan's episode was when she was talking about how her husband is a really straight shooter. I know that I can relate. And sometimes when I share Drew's text messages, a lot of people in my DMs relate to Drew is just not a man of many words and he's not going to like butter your biscuit unless he really means like his words are really important to to him. He says very, very kind things, but it's not going to be that often. And he is going to send really short texts just like, K, K. Like, couldn't you be more interesting? And then he sent, <laughs> okay, <laughs> with a bunch of Ks. I'm like, okay. It was challenging for me because I grew up in a family that is so loving. So still to this day, my siblings and I say, I love you every time we get off the phone. My parents would shower me with compliments. It was just like a we used a lot of words in our family. So going from that to going to Drew's way of communicating was something that was just a lot different for me. And Drew is one of the most loyal, kind, and supportive people I know. He just shows it in a much different way. So over the course of our relationship, we've had to figure out what our middle ground is because I believe I can't expect him to become my dad and just praise me for every good thing that I'm doing. But I also think that Drew can work on using some longer sentences because he knows by now that words mean a lot to me. So if you go back and you listen to episode 154 with the shrink chicks, this is where some of the radical acceptance of the issues that you bring into your partnership come to play. Because I had to, and I still have to, radically accept that I need more words of affirmation in our relationship than other people do. Like then probably someone should be asking for. I have to radically accept that. And I can give you guys the reasons, like my family uses a lot of words of affirmation, which is absolutely true. But there's also some deeper stuff that's going on with me that I've unpacked with my therapist. So I'm just saying, I accept that. And so I I think Drew can work my way a little bit, but I also had to work myself out of expecting the same level. Like I really did. I had to be like, I can't expect this man to be endlessly <laughs> praising me, even though I Where's would love the emojis? that. Yeah, Where yeah. are the gifs, the gifs, whatever the young people are calling those these days. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know like for some of you, and it's funny because Drew is like, uh, I would say really low level with his words of affirmation. Cause there are other guys, like I know Colin yeah. showers with words of affirmation. So it's not just gendered like that. It's like, there's probably reasons where Drew doesn't, why Drew doesn't use use as many words of affirmation as other people too. So I just want to say, I feel you guys, if you have a partner that doesn't use many words and it can be really frustrating for Drew because he says, Amy, you know, I love you. Mm. You know, he thinks Mm. his actions. So this is where relationships get so interesting because I think that the actual answer and the reason we feel happier now is because we did find a middle ground. And so you can't expect your partner to come all the way your way. 
Right. You have to expect yourself to be able to grow. So I had to grow. I don't know. That's kind of the crux of the matter. It's like, it's It's like kind of meeting in the middle while also lowering expectations while also not lowering them completely because then you're devaluing your own values. Also like learning about yourself and why you are the way you are and accepting that like, okay, I need more praise than the average person. Here's why. And it's okay for my partner not to constantly give me praise. So it's, it's a, we are works in progress, but at least we're looking into this and not just being like, nope, Drew, you have to send me five paragraphs a day. Here are the five paragraphs, how I want them to start. Um, and it's interesting because Colin is actually so much like you, Amy, and we have had conversations and disagreements and arguments and trying to figure out that middle ground the exact way that you and Drew are, but just roles flipped. Um, I mean, for a while there, he was calling me on every single work trip, which he travels three or four or five days a week. So he'd be in a car for two hours and would just want to chit chat, which for a while it was like, okay, this is sweet. This is cute. And then it was during my work day. So sitting down and talking for 20 minutes on a phone call with my husband, I mean, it just doesn't get cute after a while. And I would answer the phone and I would be like, okay, what do you need to talk about? And I would be short with him and he would immediately be hurt. Yeah. So it came across as like me being impatient was immediately hurting him. And I get it. Like I totally understand. I was answering the phone in a rush because I was about to get into an interview or I was about to be working on a course or, you know, it could be doing a million things. And when you get out of that workflow, and especially for me, when I get out of that workflow and if something comes in and takes me out of it, it immediately turns into impatience with myself. And it was hard because we're still trying to figure this out mm-hmm. um, of, okay, Colin, you want to call me and you want to talk for a long time. And by a long time, it's like 10, 20 minutes. So it's not the entire day, but this is also my work day. So I know you have all the time in the world, but this is really hard for me because this is my only time to be working. I remember when we went on a walk and talked about this mm-hmm. because I was giving Colin's perspective or trying yes, to exactly. mm-hmm. maybe give some perspective of the way that you were making him feel. I'm trying to figure out if we could figure out a solution on our walk. I mean, we've tried it all. We've tried, okay, Colin, if you call me twice, then it's an emergency. Because that's always my thing Mm -hmm. is that I think it's an emergency. So it's not just that I'm out of my flow state. It's if he calls me, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's wrong with the kids? Are you in a car accident? Like my mind immediately goes to emergency for some reason. Which radical acceptance, that's your issue. I have to know that. Yeah. Maybe it's because of the world of text messages. I'm like, if it wasn't urgent, just send me a text. But he's driving. So Mm -hmm. he's like, I'm not going to text you when I'm driving. I'm going to call you. I mean, call me twice if it's an emergency. I just never picked up on the first time. And then he got hurt because we were never talking during the day because he would never call the second time because it was never an emergency. Um, I could only pick up if I had the time to do so, which sometimes I would or I'd call him back and then he was he was an immediate. So it just, we have gone through this cycle literally for months and months and months, still trying to figure it out. So if anyone has a solution for this, send me a DM because I'd love to hear your thoughts. I remember I was like, I feel like you should only answer if you feel like you're in a space to answer and you should probably say something positive in your head before you answer. Cause I feel like the energy you bring into a conversation when you answer and you're like, what do you need? Of yes. course that wasn't what you were saying, but like if that's how you were feeling, that comes across. Intent versus impact, right? Yeah. Like that's those words had so much more impact. The intent was different, but the impact it made on the other person. And now a quick break from our sponsor, Third Love. 
what if there was a bra that makes your boobs look and feel amazing and it's actually super comfortable all day? Well, we have found it for you. We get it. Most bras suck and it's a bummer, but Third Love knows you and they know bras. I mean, as a small chested woman, I always find that there's gaps in my bras or the straps will fall off my shoulders. Sometimes they'll pinch or they'll poke and it's just not comfortable. But Third Love has the 24-7 t-shirt bra that makes your boobs look incredible and it fits you all day long. Not only does it fit great, but it also makes your clothes look better because you're not constantly trying to pull up your straps all day every day. Third Love's best-selling bras are all designed to fit and support your body. And just know that if you go to the fitting room quiz, you can find a bra that fits you exactly where you are right now. I had no idea, but your bra size can change over six times throughout your life. And I would say for women who are breastfeeding and pregnant, it can change even more. So Third Love has helped over 20 million women find their perfect bra. And you can too by going to thirdlove.com slash herself and getting 20% off your first order. Again, that's thirdlove.com slash herself for 20% off. Now back to our show. And as a final thought, there was a part that made me tear up when Dr. Morgan Cutlip was talking about it. And it was that idea of painting a picture. And I'd brought up when I was very fatigued, just very exhausted, which I know a lot of our community is in that Mm -hmm. position right now. You're just so tired, whether it's a health concern or just from the fatigue of motherhood or you have too much on your plate. And I felt like I wasn't being a good friend or a good business owner. I wasn't being a good partner. I wasn't being a good mother. And I didn't have any energy for anyone. I mean, I felt like I was failing across the entire board. And this picture that I was painting of myself was this woman on a couch, just sitting there like underneath covers, wearing gross clothes, not being able to function in any of her roles. And it's this character, right? So everything is just emphasized and just like the laziness factor and the fatigue factor and the not being able to do anything. That's the picture I was painting of myself for a really long time. And when you think of that picture, you start to fall into that role. Like you start to see yourself as that person and then you start to like have less grace on yourself, have less self-compassion because you're seeing yourself as this thing sitting on the couch. And when she said, just to repaint the picture, like I think that that was, I wish I had that information months ago because if I could have repainted the picture to somebody who was, who was trying, you know, who was trying to get up and be with my family, who was trying to be active at work, who was trying to be a good friend it would have been a completely different person than the one that I kept on thinking in my mind over and over and over again. And we so often hear, you know, give yourself grace. Like that's the thing, like give yourself grace. And I think I'm going to start giving different information. I I like that, but I think that there's more impact with what Dr. Cutlip was saying with let's paint this new picture and let's visualize ourselves in a form that we're more aligned with for ourselves right now and for ourselves in the future so that we can make those changes and those tweaks and feel good in the process while also being grateful for what we have and not setting expectations too high. It feels like all of us just work differently. So, I mean, even when Abby's talking right now, she has like tears in her eyes and that was like a very pivotal moment for her to hear Dr. Morgan say that. For me, the give yourself grace what really works for me is the idea of like, this is just, this is not just hard for me. Mm-hmm. The shared humanity of life and of relationships and of parenthood and of friendships and just understanding like, I am not alone in this. 
and this is just hard is really helpful. So it's like whatever you need, like if you need to paint a new picture, if you need to work on your self-compassion, I mean, I really think that's my key to life is that I'm much more compassionate with myself than other people are because I just understand it's not helpful to be super hard on yourself at all. And we can think that we're like going to force ourselves into a better thing. It's like, no, showing like that compassion, that true compassion. And Dr. Kristen Neff was on, she just speaks so well Mm -hmm. on self-compassion and it can be a lot of simple steps, but they just make so much impact when you actually do them. And I love when Kristen Neff was saying on her episode, it's really a practice. Like I've learned that from so many of the therapists that have been on Jenna Overbau. It's like they say, we often think that we can't change the way that our mind works or the way that we think, but we in fact can. And like being more self-compassionate is a tool that you could start using tomorrow, today, today, right now. And, Mm -hmm. and like, you just have to learn what that looks like. You just have to learn your reframes and how to do it so that like, you can just take it easy on yourself. And that person coming into any relationship, it's just going to be a better person showing up. Like when you can show that compassion on yourself, that more compassionate being is being brought into that marriage, into that work relationship, into that friendship, into that motherhood experience. And it literally can help every relationship when you start with yourself. And we say that on this podcast all the time, but it's so important to remember that. And it's so important to practice that as often as you can. We hope that you can take something from this episode, whether it's the strategy of using the story I'm telling myself is as a way to start tough conversations and help your partner to understand you better. Whether it was what Abby was talking about in the idea of helping yourself and your partner feel more visible and valued by giving really specific compliments. So Abby and I use this not only with our partners, but with each other. We use it with our other friends, with our parents, like to get more specific just means more to everyone. So maybe there's a text that you're wanting to send today. Maybe there's something that you are going to radically accept Like the idea that Abby and I have these parts of us because of the way we were raised, because of how we're wired. And we have to know that we bring that into our relationship. It's not our partner's job to fix us. It's our job to understand how to look at the issue together and come to terms with what we can both live with. And then I really loved at the end, the idea of, do you need to paint a different picture of yourself and the way that you're able to give yourself grace will look different for all of us whether you're like Abby you're very visual you want to repaint or whether you're like me and you just you thrive when you give yourself more self-compassion whatever you needed today I hope you take it with you 